Hello, welcome to Mark Langley's Horsemanship Podcast, a podcast helping people to understand their horses better, to provide solutions in a calm, connected way. I'm Jenny Barnes. And I'm Mark Langley. Mark, we've got a question this week from Tash, who says that she has a pony that she wants to get started in about six months' time. He needs to fill out a little bit more in the four quarters. He's just been aged as four instead of the two that she thought he was. What are the most important skills to work on over the next six months before she sends him to the trainers? Yeah, it's an interesting one, that task, because once upon a time, and I think trainers still say this, is sometimes the less was better for the trainers, and I guess they were worried about what people were going to do, or, you know, some people used to talk about, you know, the horses getting spoiled and stuff like that. Um, but I think sometimes doing the right things before a horse goes to a trainer does help it for that training um, because it makes the process easier because say if you sent your horse away for four weeks and the horse didn't know how to lead, well basically that's more work on the leading that the horse, that the person, that the, the trainer has to do. So you've got to think about, okay, maybe some of those things if the horse knows how to lead and do stuff like that. Um, then it's a little easy to get started and it's not completely frightening the people. So, But the biggest thing you've got to watch out for is I think I think it's very easy to overhandle horses and under-educate them. So that's where sometimes less is better, but what you're doing is structured around the horse, searching, seeking and things like that, uh, finding answers and understanding little pressures and um, almost asking something of the horse. Whereas if you just handle them and rug them and pick up their feet and that's all you do and just have them in and feed them and stuff like that and hang out with them until they're best of friends with you, then basically sometimes that education can be a little bit of a challenge for the horse because the horse becomes so quiet and complacent around people that the trainer gets, right, I need you to do this, I need you to think, I need you to move your feet and, you know, I need you to, you know, listen to my legs, I need you to carry, carry me around, all that sort of stuff. The poor horse may get low, overwhelmed thinking that life was just, you know, sitting watching television sort of thing in a sense. And then, then it goes to, to, to sort of having to do all this stuff. So what I would say is is don't spend a heap of time over handling your horse. Just have it so it's comfortable that you can rub it down. Um, and, you know, don't spend a heap of time that the horse is so, you know, you can just go in and do something with it handle it a little bit and leave it but but the the, the, the most important part is the um, is the education so in the education side of it the biggest thing I would like in a, in a horse um, if I was a trainer taking on a horse is when I pick up a feel of the lead rope the horse is happy to search and listen and follow that feel without any problem um, so so I would spend a bit more time on leading because you know people start to do all this education on the youngsters and they chase them around and they lodge them and they can put fear in them and set it up to be worse for the trainer in the sense that you got the horse worried but good leading and stuff like that is really really beneficial because they need that their whole life um, and the trainer's got so much time to get it under saddle and all this sort of stuff and they're going to want to tie it up and all this so you're best off sort of maybe working on that and um, and the good thing about leading it stimulates a bit of hey there's pressure I need to search it, the horse learns about boundaries and things like that so I just work on you being able to sort of pick up a lead rope and take a feel on the horse. Now when you're leading a young horse, you, you, you don't want to run off and then the horse sees you run and then trots and does, the rope doesn't pull on them. You, you always want to ask with the feel first. 
and then get uh, and then and then you know you walk up a little and say put a feel on your horse and the horse walks up a little and softens you know you put a feel in in back up and the horse backs up softly uh, and you can hold them close under the chin and just go backwards and forwards things like that because some horses you hold them under the chin and they fight and they wriggle but but um rein pressure is when someone closes the reins and wants the horse to follow the feel backwards and things like that so and also if a horse gets tight tied up hard tied and it pulls you want to know it can loosen and be very comfortable with coming forward so what you're going to be doing is forwards and backwards and just lead up and just small sessions till the horse is bright and interested and, and leading nice a little bit of time just to sniff on you and, and you can just touch it over the other thing I'd, I'd, uh, you want to think about in the youngsters is teaching them about body language if so some horses are coming out of a herd know more about body language than ones that don't uh, know about body language so one of the body language things is is if I'm not talking to you when I'm over here doing something the horse can stand quietly so if you sort of droop that lead down and you might be holding a little flag or something and the horse is wanting to come in and interrupt your conversation and stuff like that you can just pop the flag change their thought and and then when they've softened and, and they're okay with standing with the loose lead where you've put it um, then you can just go in and reassure it let it sniff on you uh, and then you might start a little conversation with it. So when you start a conversation with the young horse, you come around, you start a conversation, you, 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 you listen to them, you don't just put your hand on them, you, you put your hand out, they engage with you, you engage with them, and then you break the conversation deliberately, and you turn and you go and do something else. If the horse comes into your conversation when you're turning and doing something else, you just say, hey, let, let go of that idea. Um, but when they let go of it, not very long after you reassure them and say it's not that I don't, I'm not I don't want you to, I'm not shutting you out and I don't want you to shut me out it's just that understand my body language when I'm over there doing something else you don't need to come in and 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 sort of talk to me so then you go back and say thanks thanks for that and I'll engage with you now and that's sort of how it would be in a herd too like some horses young ones coming on oh, I want a scratch or I want to do this and the other one says no I'm doing something else but then later on you'll see them together doing something nice together and they learn that very quickly in a herd and I think sometimes in, in humans they learn our body language so what I'm and that's the handling part of it if you overhandle your horse you smash into their bubble you handle them because they're cute and fluffy and but you've interrupted their space and you have, maybe haven't asked them if you could interrupt their space and you handle them all over and then they sort of dull out and shut out a little bit but then also if you've taught them I don't listen to your body language well then they're not going to listen to yours either because in that sense it's like you're leading by example so it's, you, you, you can so, so if you say to the horse so when you come up to your horse every time you want to wait a little and just say um, uh, uh, are you okay and it connects with you and then, then you handle it instead of just handling it when it's looking out over there somewhere or not not in with the conversation so you you want to just little things like that will really help the young one um, so they learn to be quiet and content when they're standing on their own and you're over here not very far away and they're not fidgety um, just little things like that but don't overdo it just you know you have, technically by spending money on a trainer you've got someone else to do that the hard stuff but the important thing is they already know that there's boundaries they already know that um, they, there's stimulant there to get them to search and think and um, so, so when there's more stimulant later on, then basically it's not such a challenge to their psyche.
Now, yeah. Tash, um, Mark rates leading incredibly highly, so there is a lot of videos on leading on the membership. Just just do a search on leading. Um, it sort of links into a whole load of other exercises, but you'll find a lot, even in the young horse section, you can just watch some of those videos and go from there. There should be a lot of help for you on, on the line. So just quickly on that on that leading, the, the reason I rate leading so high is because um, we lead a young horse around, we back him up, we do things, we lead him into a float, we leave him with a horse, we lead him with a holder on, we leave, we, we leave him in the float with a holder on, we leave him tied up to a post with a halter on. So it's almost like that rope is that with them more than us throughout through their life. So it's so important that they're so comfortable and 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 connected with it that it's it's almost like their 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 friend just their 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 um that's not alive. The also the other thing is what is reins? Reins is just leading a horse, isn't it? So when we get up on a horse, so a baby horse that then suddenly grows up and starts to be ridden. Well, if they know how to lead really well, well, we're just going to lead them around with the reins, and you know, we just lead them here, and we lead them there, and we lead them backwards, and so really, it just translates into riding. So that's why leading is so important, is because it's the, it's generally with the horse all the time, the halter and the lead ropes with the horse. Sometimes when we're not there, uh, and also it just leads into the riding and the reins because reins are only just another way of leading a horse. So yeah, that's so really important. Have fun, have fun with that, Tash. It's, it's good working young ones. The next question leads on to the, from that a little bit. It's um it's about long reining. It's from Karen, following on from one of the Mudgy clinics that she did here. She watched you do it a lot with a lot of the horses, um, some long reining to get them to uh, unbrace and move their feet. So she wants to try and do this a little bit with her mare at home and help her horse to find balance between the reins. You were said to do that by moving the hindquarters over. This is in the long reins. But when she tried it when she got home, she could only get the front end moving across. She slowed it right down and got one or two steps of the hindquarter on her good side. But that's all. Can you just talk through that exercise just to give her a few more suggestions? Uh, yeah, there's a lot in that, uh, Karen. Um, there's a lot in, 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 in that, in, in, in especially hindquarter braces common. Like I just did a six-day clinic with a horse that was had a lot of brace in the hindquarter and Hopefully I can pick through those and get some good videos up soon on that particular horse because it, it sort of was sort of, you know, would, would rear and would do all sorts but really stuck a lot of tension. Um, and it took a little while of me working the horse to, um, you know, uh, release, release that brace and it wasn't just long rein, it was a, it was a combination of things but, but I did do long reining with that one. But um, so... The reason that I do the long reining, it's sort of like it's a good lesson where you can stand grounded somewhere and let the horse find find its way around the furniture. Like, you know, what I say is you just rearrange the reins in a way that the horse figures out how to get comfortable in it um, without having to push or pull in it. Oh, you're kind of pulling in a sense, but what I mean is you're not moving here and moving there and manipulating the horse you physically. You're just moving to, to put the reins in a different position. The thing about the long reining is you might have to stay in there a little while. So, so something you might want to do, some horses I might back up for a little and just I'll just walk backwards until they just start to follow the feel of a backup. So you have an area where there's a fair bit of room. And, but obviously if a horse is really stuck in the hindquarters then the backup's really difficult, then you want to work on the hindquarters first. But, um, but there have been times where sometimes I've just backed up for a little while and the horse got a little loose and started moving his feet backwards and then as it was moving backwards I would just 
walk back and across a little and just across a little to encourage one hind foot to reach over and the other one just to follow it a little bit. So you're just walking backwards offset a little so the horse is following off and, and like you're starting to back a circle but kind of not a tight one and the horse will just step over and follow, step over and follow um, and you can try that a little bit. Um, but the other one would be standing and just walking around your horse so imagine your horse is in the middle like the middle of a clock and you're walking around the outside of the clock you're not walking towards your horse you're not walking backwards you're just walking a circle around it and you just hold the reins together and you just walk around and they've got to be just above their hocks now this is a lesson um, this this just for everybody else in the long reins these particular lessons aren't designed for um, doing heaps of long reining because you, you, there's only so many rein positions you can show a horse in the long reins. There's not many you can show a horse. It's more so to get a horse comfortable with the feel of the reins down their sides, being in those boundaries without any trouble. And also, it's a really good way to get them loose and supple inside that. So the hindquarter is going to probably yield more off a bit of a bend to the inside rein. But because it's not an indirect rein, the horse will want to step in a little bit sometimes. But sometimes they step in and they step over with the hindquarter that's kind of what you want because the rein's going to as you walk around so you're, you're facing a horse's rump you're going to walk a circle around it so it's inside the clock and you're just walking around the clock the outside of the clock and you just keep walking and keep walking and, and walk slow enough for your horse to catch up um, so you just walk quite a slow walk but you keep an even walk and as the horse firms up into the reins you'll feel them firm up you just hold there until they find their balance. So what, what a lot of them do, they'll find their balance, they'll, they'll brace and they'll get stuck and then they'll find their balance and then they'll brace and get stuck and then they'll find their balance. But you continue that, keep continuing until they start to stay in balance. And, and I would just go a little bit longer on that clock hand, either side, either side. And you might see that after, over time, it might take you half an hour or so, but the horse will start to try different things and then start to free up in its back feet. Um, most horses over time will start to free up in, in their back feet doing that lesson and then you can go from that hindquarter yield into a backup. Um, but as I say, maybe go some backing first with some little uh, increments off to the side while you're backing, or increments off to the side and then go back to that clock where you walk around your horse like a clock. Uh, but eventually all the horses just get really supple in there and they just start to sort of know where the rein is and yield softly off the rein. It's a really good lesson too for horses are going to go into little floats and have boundaries around them that are quite close and be able to loosen up in there and be comfortable at balancing. Um, the other thing you can think about with that hindquarter is just a leading lesson beside you. Uh, there's another lesson also where I stand in the front of the horse and I stand and I just bend and I bend and I bend and I bend and I get to a point where the horse is kind of bent a reasonable way around and I'm not putting any pressure into the bend I'm just trying to get the horse to stay in my hand so I'm not pushing back or sideways I'm just trying to get it to loosen until the horse is standing still with a loose bend um, you know probably halfway between straight and if it was to bend around and sniff you on the boot kind of thing and then when I get about halfway around I'll start to put a little pressure from my hands and I'll aim that pressure from my hands in its nose up to behind the wither so it's like a straight line up to pond here when the horse has got a bend and I just wait, but not a lot of pressure. And you just wait and just wait till the horse rebalances. And because your hands are cupped in a certain way and you're blocking it to move in with the shoulder, it's a good way to get a horse just to loosen and rebalance through the hindquarter. But it's a technical one. If you had a little bit of trouble with that, don't worry about it. I'd, I'd rather you try some other ones in the long range. But if you've got that work, and that'd work really nice too. Um, 
And the other one is, is just getting your horse to lead around beside you till it's really soft forwards and backwards, forwards and backwards in one hand, where your shoulder's in line with its eye, so you're walking backwards, the horse is walking beside you, and you just get it to loosen up really soft, and you might do that over, over a series of days until your horse is really supple. You can put its head up and down while you're leading it forwards and backwards, so when you lift up, there's no brace, it's just up and down, it's, it can move its head in, uh, up and down a little and the feet stay free. Uh, you can go at different speeds, and then when the horse is beside you, you just do a little, you let it pivot around you, and you do a little roll in your wrist, and that roll will twist, and then you gently push that twist up towards behind their wither, and that'll roll that hip out a little, uh, so they learn to rebalance and move their hindquarter over. Um, once again, it's a little tricky. There's a few videos online about that one, um, but it's another good way to get a horse to rebalance. And for all the other people listening to the podcast. It, that you know that you might say, okay, well, why don't you just why doesn't you just say just go and move the hip over, and with pressure and things like that, and and yeah, well, you can get a horse to yield its hindquarter with pressure and walk towards its hindquarter, chase it a little, bump it, but the problem is if you go to that to do all that, the horses just look at that and they're moving away, so they're taking their their, their, their feet away from what they're worried about. Um, Whereas what I'm trying to encourage horses to do, and I want and, and to take the true brace out of the horses, the horse to learn to soften and yield through its whole body into the rein um, and, and give and rebalance and a lot of horses won't rebalance in the reins so you can never use the reins to their full potential you're always stuck so it's important the horse has to search in the reins until they and it's in them trying to find their balance and straighten out that they actually find balance in the rein whereas a lot of horses want to straighten out so you know top fight their head and use their hindquarters to brace a little and push to straighten out so their idea of balance is straightening out like a, like a, like a spring pushing in both directions. Um, whereas my idea of a horse balancing the reins is being comfortable yielding into that rein and finding its balance by just moving its hind feet around a little. Uh, and then they, they eventually stay in balance no matter where you've got them shaped. They stay in balance with the rein all the time and I think that's what we're looking for. And if we fast track it by moving them away from pressure we sometimes, I've seen horses that can move their hips, but they're still far from being balanced in the reins. So, so sometimes I think fast tracking, it can be a way of cutting a corner. So we have to be careful we're not cutting corners. But yeah, thanks for the question. Hope there's enough in there to help you out through with that. Michelle was also doing a clinic with us recently here in Mudgee, and she was getting her horse to follow the direction of the reins with indirect and indirect on both sides. She's having a little bit of trouble. She's still doing it in the same way but recently on one side she's deciding to not give the hindquarters she will either just stand and really lean on the lead and she just holds or she holds her hand up, up closer to her head and up higher and she waits and she will bring the front end over or not give the hindquarters and then she'll ask again in the same way and she might do it right and then later she might ask again and she decides no I'm going to bring the front end over any suggestions? Yeah, I think she's just still struggling between how she wants to balance and where she's stuck and things like that. It, it, it requires a fair bit of repetition, especially if they've had a bit of brace in the back end. So um, a fair bit of repetition as in, you know, you know, I might do 50 on each side doing a hindquarter yield and then you go back to the front and the horse gets so free in the hindquarter that the front's a little stuck and the whole idea with the hindquarter yield is you want the front free and moving but at the start 
sometimes you just want the horse to let go of their hind feet and just loosen up so that goes back to that last uh, just the last question there was one lesson where I stand in front of the horse and I just keep the horse kind of in my hands and my hands are in front of my my sternum um, and the horse is just in my hands depending on the height of you just depending where your hands but it's right dead center in your body and you just gently softly walk the horse's head around in a bend uh, but you're not putting any heaps of pressure you're just slowly doing it till the horse is just yielding and comfortable in your hands then once it's bent halfway around between straight and probably sniffing your boot, uh, but you're standing on the ground, uh, so you can just imagine where the stirrup would be, then you would just put a little pressure up towards the um, behind the wither. And it's just a little bit of inertia that encourages the horse to sort of try and search and rebalance. And you're not even looking for a big hindquarter yield. You just watch your horse slowly. And if you see their hindquarter loosen and their back feet loosen up and prepare, well, you just loosen up and say that's the answer. So you're saying transfer uh, that wanting to rebalance to loosening up your hindquarter, and you do that on both sides until the horse just loosens in its hindquarter from that bend, and and that's a really good lesson to. And you don't yeah you don't ask for the big, but they'll fight and they'll push and they'll try and if they try and push their forequarter in, you just hold and say that's not working, and as soon as they stop searching, as in evading searching, then you loosen up and say thanks, and then you say try again. So you don't just keep pushing until you get the hindquarter, you just, if a horse struggles in another area in an evasive, like it evades, you just hold and when it stops evading and it softens again and has a rethink, you soften again with it and say now try again. And then it'll, it might try the forequarter again where you say that's not working. When, it's, when it stops trying that, you soften. How do you say that's not working? You just keep the pressure on. I just keep the pressure on. I make them feel like they're pushing against a wall. So basically if a horse says, I want to go out there that becomes a boundary and that becomes like that's not working so you hold pressure there and just block it as it's pushing because you feel it push into you so the horse either yields and, and loosens in the hindquarter or it says I'm going to use my hindquarter to push and straighten my head out so you feel them push into your hands when they push into your hands with their head well they haven't softened their hindquarter because they're using it to push their head or they're just standing still and pushing their head so when they push you say you, you, you just firm up to that boundary and you say that's not working make a boundary that's not working and then they'll stop pushing the boundary they'll loosen again and then you wait and then you try that pressure from the bend up towards behind the wither until they actually try and rebalance through the hindquarter so it's a bit technical but another way is that leading lesson where you just lead them and twist your hand and get them to step over but something I do for the horses that are pushing in with the forequarter uh, or, or a little stuck as I'll do a lot of forwards and backwards leading lessons with them beside me um, so I'm facing backwards and I'm walking backwards and f I'm facing their hip with, and, they're, and they're leading out beside my hand and I walk backwards and forwards and backwards and forwards till they're good at the backwards and forwards and then I might get them to yield their shoulders away so I'm push I step directly towards their head so they actually loosen and they look away and they step their front end away from me so they can really softly move away and they can move backwards and away with their shoulders and when they're soft in my hand then they hold out nice on the end of my hand then I might walk them and then I might put a little bend into me and I'll put a little round feel that puts a bend in, in the horse and then that feel kind of pushes up towards behind their wither and then they do a hindquarter yield away from me in my hand um, and then under saddle basically that's uh, just gently from a standstill just maybe start your hindquarter yields take a bend on your horse and just wait in there until 
uh, with the indirect pressure if it fights and tries to move the front end you just stay with it and then when it rebalances through the back end then you just loosen your hand and say that was the answer so that's how you do it under saddle um, but yeah all those together you might find you know trying it but what I what I think you should do is once you get a hind quarter free free it up on both sides for a while and then go back to the four quarters and then back to the hind quarters and then and then start putting them together and do enough of each so the horse knows the difference and your rein your rein positions have to be right because that's that's the geometry that makes it happen if you don't have that right then the geometry is wrong and you might get in the way of the horse Okay, the next question is from Bianca. Bianca is the one that has a mare who has been rearing. She's obviously a very well-balanced mare that knows she can rear. I get the impression she knows she can do it, and she's quite acrobatic. Uh, she's been doing groundwork session five to six times a week. Life happened. She couldn't get to her for just under a week. And when she arrived at the paddock yesterday, she walked up to her, as always, greeting her happily. She took off her fly mask and then her rug. She was standing there holding the rug. And then she came really close up, leaned her head over her shoulder, and then out of nowhere, reared right up in front of her. She was hoping it was a once-off, but she tried it again today. She felt her energy was a bit off both yesterday and today. She was overzealous and a bit pushy, whinnying at her. Today, she felt she was about to rear. She walked backwards away from her towards her hindquarters. She still went up, um, but she has been doing massive yawns and licks and chews for quite a while after the rears, and she has been able to put the halter on easily and lead her to attacking area. So all of that's going smoothly, and she was able to also stop a couple of rears in their track. She can tell when she's thinking that she's going to go up, and usually a firm no will stop her. But it feels like, and she obviously is quite disappointed, she feels like she's taking a gazillion steps backward after making so much process, progress. Is this the part where it gets worse before it gets better? Is there something she's doing wrong for her to be behaving in this way? Do you have any um, suggestions? She's going to go back to the leading fundamental videos again and then try again. Uh, yeah, I was thinking about this question, Bianca, because um, I remember your last question and, and you said... Um, Things were coming along better now, and then and that time off made her come back in. And yeah, there's okay. So first of all, before I even start this question, um, look into other. Like I say to people, like if there's something in there that's niggling all the time, and look into other things. Like you know, there's plenty of mares out there that have some ovary or twisted ovaries, anything like that. There could be anything out there that could be causing a certain anxiety that causes this. Um, so I say that as a precautionary measure if, if nothing's working and, and, and uh, or, you know, before training. Um, but in the training side of things, I, I might say, so, and, and I don't know, I don't know everything you're doing in between because okay, I'm, not, I'm not the sort of fly on the wall for everybody, uh, though I'd love to be sometimes so I could watch and just, and because I'd probably see something in something that you were doing that could have maybe caused her to think rearing is still in there um, but I don't know but obviously if she's been going pretty good the last stint you've been working in the right direction um, but I do have a feeling uh, there was some of the education and, and I showed you and I well I did at the clinic and then I showed you sometimes you provoke a little bit of that to say don't do it um, because obviously some horses we, we they don't rear until they're under pressure but then when they're under pressure we can't help them out of a rear or something like that so that's why at the clinic originally I would have provoked a little bit of that to say hey try this uh, instead 
and she'd go, oh, I'll try this instead. Now, that was provoking her to try something that she does under pressure and then also then giving her an alternative, okay, which was lead forward. Maybe over time you might have been trying to provoke that a little bit and it could have been her thinking, are you going to make me rear to stop it? And there could be that in there, especially with a bit of time off and anxiety. She might think, I've done a few rears around you and that's what I do. So I would definitely say for a little while, focus like we said on the good leading and don't try and provoke any anxiety to tip her into a rear so you can help her out because we don't want her to think, oh, that's what I do. I rear, then you ask me out of it because uh, that would be a timing issue um, and that would be something I wouldn't want to happen. So maybe don't think about any provoking it at all. Um, just just go and catch her and work on her softening in the lead, whether she's lowering her head, backing up, forwards, backwards, lower head. As long as she can lower her head and move all the four feet. I mean, don't just lower the head standing still. That doesn't really do a lot for horses. What does it more is the, the softening and being able to move their feet in different directions and think in different directions. So that, that lead rope pressure. So that's really important. So... Um, so forwards and backwards, lower the head forwards and backwards and just do soft leading with her and maybe do a little less with her, maybe maybe just get catch her and instead of sort of doing a lot because you're probably trying to very hard to fix everything and get everything right um, and sometimes in that while you're learning yourself um, it's important to just do some of the easy things till they're really good and not overdo lots of things because um, if you just got to remember, she's, you know, she's learning, you're learning, and you're learning some new techniques and stuff. So, learning on quite a sensitive horse can be difficult because they're very sensitive to if we don't quite get it right. So, um, so maybe in a sense, do a little less, as in just do some good quality leading, some soft backing, some soft come forward. And maybe get her through a few lessons where you've just helped her through with that lead so much that she doesn't push against the lead rope. If she wants to rear with no pressure on her head, well, that's still a thing that's in there that you can work on. But as soon as she rears, give it an alternative and say, come forward or do something different. Maybe go out there and don't worry about the rearing in a sense. Just worry about her following a feel quite comfortably. Don't even take the flag or anything out there. Just show her how to follow that rope wherever it goes softly and then just leave her and just do a little bit of it so the holder's on, soften, come with this and the only thing she knows is how to travel and think softly with the holder. That if she did get, did get a little winky or something out there, you could put the feel of the holder on her and she'd start to let go of what she was going to do and come with the feel of it. Don't, don't provoke any anxiety so you can help her not rear, stuff like that. Maybe don't do that because there might be something in the timing that's making her think she should rear to be told not to rear kind of thing, like a cue. Uh, so if that was that was in there, then maybe it could be in there when she's anxious. So so um, just, just yeah, soft leading and don't do not do too many things for a little bit. And then let, this maybe it's another question to answer. Let me know how you went and like with another question. Um, because I think focus on just a couple of things and do them well um, but don't overdo like five or six times a week probably I'd say do a little less than that just make those experiences with her good experiences where she's she's felt good about that hold of pressure and just just you know being around you and and and, and in, a, in a good headspace and 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 then maybe in a fortnight or so 
you know, maybe that's when you might have a bit more of an answer if you're going in the right direction or the wrong direction. Um, yeah, because we can overdo sometimes sensitive horses trying to make everything right. We sometimes do too much to make it right, and then if there's a few things we're not quite getting right, then 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 we can still be sort of you know treading water, and that's what you've got to be a little careful of. So uh, the most important simple things get them right, and just leave it at that for a little while, and then see what happens. Okay, good luck, good luck with her, and keep us posted. That's it for this week. Thank you very much for listening. Um, we'll be back again next week answering some more of your questions. You can learn more from Mark online through his online training videos. Just search Mark Langley Horsemanship. There's over 380 training videos which everyone has access to with a seven-day free trial. If you like what you see, it's just $15 a month from there. That's help where you need it.